Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Why is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your monday night raw post show for august 14th 2023 i'm your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots beer garden Thank you guys very much for joining me on your Monday nights, wherever you may be. And I got to shout out Jason Barker already with a $100 super chat. He's buying rounds for everybody tonight. $100 super chat from VIP himself. Jason Barker says, red bombs are greater than red skies. Let's get as much red bombs as possible and as much likes as possible. I like the sound of that, man. I really do. Jason, thank you so much, brother. As always, showing his muscle here tonight. Jason Barker, thank you, man. I wish WWE showed some muscle tonight, man. This was a very flabby, very weak show tonight. Not to say that it was the worst Raw ever, but I thought last week's really hit it's stride while this week they didn't really do much 
but set up potentially for next week and what is to come. Nothing really major happened on this show outside of what we kind of already knew, man. J.D. McDonough, the fake J.D., by the way. He thinks he's the ace, the Irish ace. Give me a fucking break. It's only one ace here, motherfucker. That's me. The Irish ace, J.D. McDonough, teasing that he may be aligning with the Judgment Day. And there's something else going on there, man. There really is something else going on there. I, I like it. I think J.D. McDonough being added to this story here with Judgment Day, Finn Balor, the tension between Balor and Priest. I think McDonough is going to be... Uh, it would be too easy for them to add another member. I just feel like something's going to happen with J.D. McDonough being added that's going to further build on the tension of Damian Priest and Finn Balor. I don't know. I don't know. We're, we're, we're definitely lining ourselves up for war games. That, that's, how, that's how I also feel about it. I mean, everything that you're seeing right now is vintage Triple H. I, I think he's getting us ready for war games. Judgment Day is obviously going to be one of the teams in war games. I think we'll end up getting Cody and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and Seth Rollins and somebody else joining the fray. To make it five on the baby on the babyface side, but I do think that what you're watching right now is the really, really beginning stages of what WWE is building towards war games. That's how I feel. But JD McDonough being added to this Judgment Day tension, I like it, man. I really do like it. It adds a level of intrigue that is certainly more than just the Money in the Bank briefcase. And J.D. McDonough, I, I, I believe, and a lot of people have stated, he, he just fits perfectly in the group. He really does. You know, his attitude, his demeanor, with what he was doing on NXT before they called him up, they kind of cooled him off, and they had him sit around on the sidelines for a little bit, and now they're kind of slowly integrating himself back into the show and back into the original plans, which, I mean, y- you'd have to be fucking stupid not to see what is going on here. I mean, they called him up, They teased it almost right away with calling him up from NXT. Then they kind of kept him cold for a little bit, put him on superstars, put him on main event, whatever the fuck they're doing, their dark show. He went away for like three months, and now all of a sudden he's back. Coincidentally, he's back. Indy Artwell's back. Candice LeRae's back. Piper Niven made a cameo appearance tonight. All these names that were just kept off TV making appearances on Monday Night Raw. Ever since Vince McMahon went away with spinal surgery, things have uh, kind of lent itself to getting these talents back on the show. But outside the Judgment Day stuff, man, there really wasn't much of anything on this show that was substantial to set up for next week. Gunther and Chad Gable... The Intercontinental Championship match is taking place next week. I don't think that it's going to be a one-and-done deal. I don't think this is Chad Gable's time to shine yet. I don't think that this is it for the feud. Very questionable why they're doing this match now and not at the pay-per-view. But WWE is giving us the Intercontinental title match next week with Gunther and Chad Gable. I don't think that WWE is going to take the belt off Gunther right now. That would be foolish of them to do so. I would have him break the record and then Chad Gable end the reign, honestly, after the record is broken. 
But stranger things have happened. I don't know what WWE's thinking. Maybe they don't want him to break the honky-tonk man's record. I don't know. But you got him all this way. It would be stupid for him to fall this short. So they set that up for next week. Very much looking forward to that. It should absolutely be the main event of next week's show. I mean, I'm tired of the Judgment Day main eventing every fucking week with the same old cast of characters. Chad Gable and Gunther should main event Monday Night Raw for the IC title next week. No doubt about it. So they set that up. Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch. God, man, I can't wait for this fucking shit to be over. I, I, I really cannot wait for this shit to be over. Just an awful feud. Like, I, I genuinely don't know who's finding interest in this. Like, who's finding interest in this? Are any of you interested in Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus? Match was so incredibly boring. First of all, the crowd was dead most of the night. The only time that they were alive is when Seth Rollins came out there and they're singing his fucking song and Cody with his, whoa! That was the only time they actually woke up. Everything else was kind of basically very flatlined. But my God, man, this Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch feud is so terrible. So terrible. Oh, my, my J.D., you're a sexist, man. Yes, I'm a sexist because I don't like a women's feud that has absolutely no fucking heat at all. The only thing that kept me from falling asleep tonight was the fucking bell ringing to signify that the match went to a double countout. So we don't get it ending tonight. This piece of shit feud continues. Nobody cares for another couple of weeks until we get to the pay-per-view. And then it will mercifully come to a conclusion. But this shit sucked, man. They were just boring. Nothing about it was exciting. It's quite sad that WWE is so desperately trying to manufacture whatever heat is in this view. None, by the way. Trying to manufacture... Heat in something that is already dead. It's pathetic. Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus may go down as the worst feud in all of WWE by the end of the year. Nobody cared. Nobody cares. Nobody will care. Now, because of the double countout, they are putting both ladies inside a steel cage because Zoe Stark, she's not going to be able to interfere in a steel cage match. When has a WWE steel cage match kept the outside parties from the inside? I'll wait. Give me a break. Give me a fucking break, man. Absolutely terrible. Get her off my TV. I can't stand to see either woman on my TV for the rest of the year. Just awful. Just an awful, awful feud. And honestly, that was it. That was all that happened on Monday Night Raw. There was not really much of anything. Drew McIntyre, we'll talk about him when we get to his match with the Viking Raiders as he teamed with Matt Riddle, apparently they are going by a new t- tag team name and they're going to be a tag team for a little bit. They challenged the New Day for momentum. It's unbelievable. Somebody on WWE creators putting two teams who don't have the tag team championship in a match to see who comes out with the win. Wow. 
That's amazing, man. That's amazing. That's some sort of revelation on Monday night. You, you never see that shit. Holy shit. We'll talk about that, but I thought Drew McIntyre was going to turn heel tonight. I really did. So we'll talk about that and the rest of everything else on this Monday Night Raw tonight. Sponsored by my great friends over at DraftKings. DraftKings is sponsored tonight's Monday Night Raw post-show. And honestly, guys, I want you to sign up for DraftKings. Not only because the more you sign up and the more you check them out, the more that they're going to want to be a part of the OTS family. But man, oh man, this weekend we got a big, big event coming up. And I want you guys to be a part of it. Tonight's show sponsored by my great friends over at DraftKings. Hey, UFC fans, there's a big one going down in Beantown this weekend. Sterling steps into the octagon to defend his title for a third time. And Sugar Sean O'Malley, can he put an end to Aljo's run? That's right, guys. Tonight's show is sponsored by DraftKings. And I partnered with DraftKings tonight to give you guys a very special offer. All new customers who use my promo code JD from NY. If you put $5 down this weekend on any of the fights, you're going to receive $150 back in bonus bets instantly. That's right, guys. You heard me correct. New customers will instantly receive $150 in bonus bets when they bet just $5 on any of this weekend's fights. Stay in on all the action and use your $150 in bonus bets on DraftKings Same Fight Parlays for a shot at an even bigger payout. Combine multiple bets together from the same fight, including number of rounds and method of victory. DraftKings is the only place where you can bet Same Fight Parlays. If sports betting is not yet available in your state, don't worry. You guys can still join in on all the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy. DraftKings is offering huge UFC contests this weekend with massive cash prizes up for grabs. So do yourself a favor, guys. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And all new customers who use my promo code JD from NY, you bet $5 on any of the fights this weekend, and you're going to receive $150 back in bonus bets instantly. Once again, that's code JD from NY only at DraftKings. I want to thank you guys for checking out DraftKings, man. The official sponsor right here on OTS. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Thank you guys very much for following me on all the socials. The best way to keep up to date on what I do here. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel, man. We were uh, we were very busy last week, so go check go check that stuff out, man. I'm gonna have more content tomorrow. Tomorrow's gonna be a big content day. Not only are you gonna get a CM Punk video after the ridiculous news of CM Punk again with what's going on with Dolph Ziggler's brother, Christopher Daniels, Adam Page. Tony Khan, I mean, holy shit, man. There is so much packed into tomorrow's video, man. You're not going to want to miss it. Ridiculous. And then tomorrow night, I'll be live with my guy, Andrew Baydala. Tuesday night, Titans. I believe we are episode number nine tomorrow. So thank you guys very much for all of your support there. 
Look forward to that. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Hit that thumbs up. Should be a thousand likes minimum. No questions asked. Super chats are open. Again, thank you to Jason Barker with the $100 super chat already. So get them on in. We'll have last call at the end of the show. Memberships are open as well. Get them on in. Always accepting new members here on the channel. And like I said, man, tonight's show sponsored by DraftKings. Make sure you guys go and check them out. And use that promo code JD from NY. Man, Monday Night Raw started off like it usually does. Like it usually does with the Judgment Day. Not very exciting at all. Judgment Day comes out. We got Dominic. We got Rhea. We got Damian. No Finn Balor at all. Rhea Ripley said Raw is the place the Judgment Day runs. We get it. It's every fucking week. Who runs Monday Night Raw? She says it every week. She said things lately haven't been going their way. She looked over at Damian Priest as she said that because Damian Priest has had some tensions with Finn Balor. Priest said at SummerSlam, Balor should have walked out as the world heavyweight champion. I agree. I do think that Balor should have won the world heavyweight championship. He said communication has been an issue lately. But as long as he is the holder of the Money in the Bank briefcase, they will always dictate what goes on around Raw. He said tonight, Balor will handle Cody as he should be seen as as seen as the most dominant, one of the most dominant superstars of all time, he said. Cody Rhodes is the most dominant superstar of all time, or at least one of them. He's been here for a year or a year and a half. Give or take with the injury. Most dominant superstar of all time. Says Damian Priest. Sure he is. He says he should be out there telling fans that himself. But he's not there. He said Judgment Day are not breaking up because they're smarter than that. So Balor should be out here though. Ripley said that wasn't the time or place. Priest said everyone can see things are not right. He asked Dominic to back him up. We're here. Where is Finn Balor? Out walked J.D. McDonough. Priest told McDonough to be careful what comes out of his mouth because he's not in Judgment Day. McDonough said he had a message from Finn. He said Balor told him to tell them not to worry about his friendship with him, but rather the real targets, Sami Zayn and Cody Rhodes. He said he took out Sami last week. But by some miracle, he's been medically cleared tonight. He told them to focus on Cody and focus on Sammy. Rhea Ripley cut him off and said, they don't take orders from anyone, especially people that are not a part of the Judgment Day. Dominic then told McDonough that they've got it locked down. He says he just found out Canada is part. He just found out. He just found out that Canada is part of North America. So he said he's the champion of this dump as well. Dominic just found out that Canada was a part of North America. It's unbelievable. Maybe that one slipped by quality control. Made him sound like an idiot. 
Dom told him to leave the ring and let them handle business. McDonough said he meant no disrespect. He was just delivering a message. Ripley said they have a message for Finn Balor. Tell him that we need to talk. Sami Zayn's music hits the PA system. He charged out. He went after McDonough in the aisleway. And the reason why he went after J.D. McDonough is because McDonough attacked Sami Zayn last week and basically took him out of commission in the six-man tag that main evented last week's show where Rollins had to basically say to Shinsuke Nakamura, sure, we're down a man, I'll take your help. And then Nakamura turned on Finn Balor. So Sammy looked over at Priest, Dom, and Rhea Ripley, who stood and watched as he attacked J.D. McDonough. McDonough started to make a comeback here and yanked Sammy's injured arm into the ring post. And we get this, I guess, impromptu match to start Monday Night Raw. Sammy Zayn versus J.D. McDonough. It went around 12 minutes to open the show. And it was a very good match. It was a very good match. Sammy Zayn's great. J.D. McDonough's great. If you guys don't know... What J.D. McDonough brings to the table, you saw a little dose of that tonight. His moveset is endless. He's so fucking good. He's so smooth in the ring. The only thing that's going to keep him down, and I know a lot of people aren't really up on J.D. McDonough and his size and his weight, and he's a smaller guy, but basically, he's just a mirror image of Finn Balor. That's all he is. So if you guys don't like J.D. McDonough, then you don't really like Finn Balor and vice versa. J.D. McDonough is basically Finn Balor 2.0. I don't know what else to tell you. So we have J.D. McDonough and Sami Zayn in this match. It went 12 minutes. So we got a commercial break after J.D. McDonough attacked his arm. And we come back from break and McDonough caught Zayn midair with a drop kick. Zayn came off the top rope. He started to fight back with a clothesline, some punches. He worked the match with mostly one arm, and he hit a one-armed Michinoku driver. McDonough responded with a Spanish fly, which is one of his signature moves for two. He transitioned into a crossface, working on that injured arm. Zayn got to the ropes to break the submissional. McDonough kicked the bad arm repeatedly, continued to work on the bad arm. Zayn gave him an exploder suplex in the corner. Balor, he came out. And ran down the aisle, but stopped short of the ring. The distraction allowed McDonough to possibly get a win here. He got a leverage cradle here on Zane for a two-count. McDonough hit a headbutt. He tried for a moonsault, which looked kind of sloppy. But Zane got his feet up. Zane knocked Balor off the apron. And then he hit McDonough with a halluva kick for the one, two, three. And Sami Zayn beats J.D. McDonough. Sami Zayn has not really had consistent wins as a single on Monday Night Raw for quite some time. And WWE had kind of taken Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and, you know, messed with their title run and messed with their momentum a little bit. So it was nice for Sami Zayn to get a victory here. But J.D. McDonough, he may have lost the battle, but he's injured Sami Zayn. Kevin Owens is out. So whatever's going on here with J.D. McDonough and Judgment Day They are, at least right now, ahead of Cody and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and Seth Rollins. So, right now, it looks to be in Judgment Day's favor. 
Now, as far as what I said before, man, you, you clearly see that they're setting up for Survivor Series in some way. That's exactly where they're going. Whether it's War Games or not, uh, it's definitely setting up for Survivor Series. Though I do think that it will be War Games. I do think. They want that announcement. They want that big graphic. They want that, that big pop when it's announced instead of just announcing War Games. This year, WWE's possibly taking a different approach with War Games. They want you to think that they're going to do it, but you don't really know for sure. Where last year, they announced it, and we kind of pieced it together on who was going to be in the War Games because they already had announced the concept was coming back for Survivor Series, and we saw what was going on with the TV shows, and we kind of you know, pieced the puzzle together by watching the TV shows on who was going to be in War Games against each other. This year, it's a little bit more of a toss-up. We are getting it, but we don't really know. And Judgment Day is definitely going to be a part of that. And McDonough being added to Judgment Day is definitely going to be a part of that. So J.D. McDonough, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, and Finn Balor. We got five. And actually, no, wait, it's Damian Priest, Finn Balor, Dominic Mysterio, J.D. McDonough. It's four. I don't know why I'm getting five. I'm so fucking tired. Four. So we may get four versus four, unless they want to add another. So we got Cody, Sammy, KO, and Seth. Four versus four. Doesn't need to be five. Four versus four judgment day against the captains of Monday Night Raw, Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. I think that's where they're going. I I know a lot of people are kind of over this, but you're going to get this. You're going to get this continuing. And with what happened at the end of the show, you see where Cody's pay-per-view opponents are going to kind of come into play as well. Cody doesn't really have a set path to payback. He's not in a one-on-one feud. He's not in a big program with anybody solo. He's going to be teaming in a tag team match, possibly against, against Judgment Day with KO and Sammy as his partners. That's where we're going with that. While, while, while uh, Seth Rollins is taking care of Nakamura, we have Cody... And Kevin Owens with Sami Zayn against Judgment Day. Damian Priest, Finn Balor, and Dominic Mysterio. It's exactly where they're going with that. But you see where things are kind of lining up on WWE television. Is it exciting? Not right now, it's not. I mean, it's the same thing every fucking week. It's just kind of altered in a, in a different way. Doesn't really make for great television. But you see where WWE is going. And, you know, I expect more from WWE with the amount of people who run the fucking show and write the show and the amount of talent that this company has, I expect a little bit better. But as long as we have some sort of direction, that's the biggest takeaway. You see the direction that they're going. And I really appreciate that. So Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, obviously I think Kevin Owens is going to be, there was a rumor going around that Kevin Owens was badly hurt. I think he'll be ready by payback. Sami Zayn is wrestling with that elbow that, Terrible-looking injury. And Kevin Owens is going to be back for the pay-per-view. That's my prediction. So Sami Zayn, J.D. McDonough, very good match to open the show. And the direction for not only payback, but after payback is obviously very clear. Chelsea Green. She is the only woman in her tag team. Sonya Deville, gone. She ruptured her ACL, goodbye, out nine months. 
Chelsea Green is backstage with Adam Pearce, and he was about to take the tag team titles away from Chelsea Green. He said that he unfortunately had to strip her of the tag team championships because Sonya Deville tore her ACL, which has sidelined her for several months. She cut him off and talked about getting a lawyer. She said no manager should act the way he's acting. Pierce asked her for an idea of how she would handle this differently. She said she would hold auditions to find her next tag team partner. So she's going to have auditions and she's going to call it Chelsea's Got Talent. In walked Caden Carter and Katana Chance, who says they want to face her and her new partner, whoever that may be. Piper Niven, someone who we haven't seen on television in many, 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 many weeks, has attacked Katana Chance and Caden Carter, gotten Chelsea Green's face, and told her that she is her new tag team partner. Green said, well... I could take your business card, and if you have Instagram or any sort of social media, we could message back and forth and and maybe talk about it. Piper Niven firmly said, no, maybe you didn't hear me. I am your new tag team partner, and that is it. She grabbed the other tag team title off of Chelsea's shoulder, and she walked away. So basically, Piper Niven is her new tag team partner. And that was basically the last we saw of Chelsea Green and Piper Niven. There was no continuation of this on Monday Night Raw at all. Now, believe it or not, I'm going to say something positive here because I've been so down and so negative on the tag team championships for so long. I mean, I don't give a shit. I know you guys don't give a shit about the women's tag team titles, but hear me out on this. This is a perfect opportunity for WWE to see what Chelsea Green is made of. This is an opportunity to bring spotlight to the women's tag team titles. This is a fruitless endeavor. It's absolutely a waste of time. But for Chelsea's sake, WWE should really go and do what they need to do here and kind of go all the way with it. Now, I hope that Piper Niven is not the tag team partner for Chelsea Green They don't really gel as a tag team, and WWE would basically be going back to what they did with every other tag team before Chelsea Green and Piper Niven, and that is just pair two random women together and call them a tag team. It's not really what I want to see happen here. It's not really getting the division where it needs to be. It's not really aiding in making the titles feel special. It's just basically rinse and repeat with the titles that you've done for the last four years. But this is an opportunity to bring just a little spotlight to the women's tag team titles and a bigger spotlight on Chelsea Green. She's got nobody holding her back. She's got no tag team partner to go 50-50 with. This is Chelsea's opportunity. WWE should absolutely let Chelsea Green do Chelsea's Got Talent and let her personality shine through and have her audition Several different women. You want to take it further? Have her audition indie talent as well. Don't let it stop with WWE. I think that they should go all the way with this because this is the opportunity that she's been wanting. Not only to win the tag team titles, but to basically be seen for what she is. She's very good at what she does. So you want to hold her back and just pair her with Piper Niven and just call it a day? How is that going to work? So, 
Is WWE going to let Chelsea kind of run with this, or are we just ending this? And if you're just ending this with Piper Niven, you might as well just end the fucking tag team division altogether. And Adam Pearce was probably right to take the titles off of Chelsea Green. Who works with Chelsea as a tag team partner? I don't know. I don't know. Nobody on the main roster, I'll tell you that. Whoever WWE has on the main roster is not going to work out with Chelsea Green. There may be somebody in NXT, but that may be a little bit more difficult to really kind of sift through. Who works down there? There's one woman that I know works down there that would be good for this, and that's J.C. Jane. J.C. Jane, formerly of the Mandy Rose stable, Toxic Attraction with Gigi Dolan. They split up Gigi and J.C. Jane. Why not have J.C. Jane called up from the main ro- called up to the main roster from NXT and have J.C. Jane paired with Chelsea Green? They kind of go hand in hand. And Sonya Deville was down there anyway with Toxic Attraction when Mandy got released. So if Sonya was kind of mixing it up with the former Toxic Attraction girls, why can't J.C. Jane come on in and fill the spot for Sonya Deville on the main roster now that Sonya Deville is not there? I don't know. Now, I will say this. I see some people in the chat. J.C. can't wrestle, though. Yes, you are correct. Skinner in the chat. Yes, you are correct. Honestly, J.C. Jane sucks. But I'm running out of options here. WWE is running out of options. There are slim pickings. Or maybe they bring back Mandy Rose. How about that? Let's get Mandy Rose back in the WWE, have Mandy Rose walk back onto the main roster, and have her paired up with Chelsea Green. I think that would work, too. I would actually like that option better than the J.C. Jane option. But right now, Mandy's not with the WWE. She's not with the roster. So again, slim pickings. We'll see what happens. But they should definitely let Chelsea Green run with this thing and don't end it with Piper Niven. Honestly. Byron Saxton. He interviewed Cody Rhodes backstage. He says he's set to go one-on-one. With Finn Balor later, and he said he's been called a loose cannon. Cody says, you gotta be a loose cannon to be in this game, right? He said, Balor has been a leader wherever he's gone. Cody then characterized Dominic as submissive. So basically, Cody called Dominic a cuck, is what he called him. He called him anything but an alpha male. He called him Data, a cuck, submissive, but a champion. Nonetheless, he's the NXT North American champion. Cody says he hasn't wrestled in Winnipeg in years, and he's got friends there, and he'll be ready for Balor. Great. Byron Saxton sporting a nice little uh, goatee. He looks good. He looks good. Good on Saxton. Gunther. Good old Gunther, the ring general. Gunther stood on the announce table, and I really like that Gunther man is kind of opening up a little bit more on the microphone. He's got his promo skills working little by little every single week, man. I like the little things. The little things to me matter the most, man. I always pick out and appreciate the little things that WWE does right. 
sometimes people don't notice them at all. This one I noticed. I, I like it. We see it week by week by week, and we've been seeing it consistently for the last few weeks. Gunther gets on top of the announce table, and he cuts his promo, not in the ring, but he cuts his promo by standing on the commentary table on the outside. I like that. Not only does it fit his gimmick, it just makes him, I don't know the right word for it, it makes him a little bit more prickish. It makes him a little bit more prestigious and regal. He stands on the commentary table because Gunther thinks he's above everybody else. He's the longest reigning intercontinental intercontinental champion of this generation, of this century. I like it. It makes him stand out amongst everybody else. Man, get in the ring, you know, have his back up there, cut a promo in the ring, looking at the hard cam. It's the same shit. It really is the same shit. I like that they're kind of separating Gunther from everybody else, man. I pick up on that shit. So, he said he's building his legacy as the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. They have arrived in Winnipeg. He said as a European, he always looks forward to coming to Canada. He said after walking the streets and looking at the locals... He understands why Winnipeg is called the armpit of Canada. He talked about defending against Chad Gable. He said he was impressed with his victory last week, but he's achieved more in a year than Gable has in his entire career. He said fans believe he's a threat to him, but that is ridiculous, he says. Gable interrupted and did a long shoosh. Please. Gable walked to the ring. He's with Maxine and Otis. Otis. Talked about lasting five minutes with Gunther and also earning a shot against him. He says he's nipping at his heels, ready to take the Intercontinental Championship from him. So tonight, he's facing Giovanni Vinci first. He told Vinci to do him a favor and get his bald head in the ring and catch some free lessons from Master Gable. He closed with a thank you. Kaiser got in the ring, and he said Vinci is the best that WWE has to offer, and he's going to prove exactly that tonight. No lies detected by Mr. Ludwig Kaiser. No lies. Giovanni Vinci is absolutely... Pound for pound, one of the best wrestlers in WWE, period. You would know that if you watched him on NXT. Easy. Kaiser approached Maxine and said she should join him and get rid of that 360-pound anchor, Otis. Otis is going to drag her all the way down until she becomes what they, the Alpha Academy, already are. An absolute embarrassment. She slapped Kaiser in the face. Gable yelled, thank you, again, in his face as Maxine slapped him. Vinci stepped in. They exchanged words. And we get a one-on-one match with Chad Gable and Giovanni Vinci. Now, this match only went five minutes. And these guys, I mean, you could send them out there and have them wrestle fucking 20 minutes. And I'd watch every second of it. Five minutes. This match did not go long at all. Most of it happened in the commercial break. Finchie hit a series of chops. 
This is what we saw. Series of chops. Gable came back with a released German suplex. Vinci blocked Gable's moonsault attempt, hit one of his own. Gable responded with a chaos theory suplex, and he got the victory off of the chaos theory German suplex with the bridge. So Giovanni Vinci's better than that, man. So much better than just two minutes of TV time against Chad Gable. He didn't really get in any offense at all from what we saw. Gunther was so pissed at the end of this thing. He was standing back on the announce table. And he said, this is not how it ends tonight. Then he started making fun of Otis. And he challenged Otis to a match right there, right now in the ring. So we got this match. So basically, we got Gable and Vinci going five minutes. Gunther and Otis going five minutes. And we could have given all 10 minutes to Gable and Vinci. Gunther did not need to wrestle Otis. He did not. The match was not good at all. It actually did not. You know, watching this match, it didn't really make Gunther look good tonight. It really didn't. I mean, he tried with Otis, but it just didn't gel, man. This was probably the worst match of Gunther's entire run, honestly. This did not do anything for me. So the match was made during the break. A few minutes in, Otis gave Gunther a fallaway slam. And Otis went for his caterpillar. And I don't know what happened. Mid-caterpillar, Otis tried to drop kick Otis. Gunther tried to drop kick Otis. And it looked very sloppy, man. It really looked very sloppy. He ended up drop kicking him in the face. He gave him a big boot right to the face. Followed up with a power bomb. He made the power bomb look easy. On Otis, who's 300 pounds plus. And he got the win off the powerbomb. Five minutes. Gunther wins in five minutes, man. I don't like, I don't like this. This is very Vince. This is very Vince. We got one match. We got a promo, a match between Gable and Vinci. Vinci loses. Gunther gets upset. Challenge Gable's partner to prove a point. Beats him. In an impromptu match following this, we got a, a, a ring around the rosy. So Gable Vinci out of the ring. In comes Gunther and Otis in the ring. It's so stupid. It really is so. I could have done without Gunther and Otis tonight. I really did not need to see that. Should have been a lot better than what it was, but we didn't need to see it. I would have much rather given the extra five minutes to Gable, who's challenging for the Intercontinental Championship, and Vinci, who's fucking great, I would have much rather given Gable that 10 minutes to really prove a point to Gunther that he's ready to challenge for the IC title. That's just me. I don't know. It's just very Vince, man. We've seen Vince do this before. This is very... We've seen this segment play out on a Vince-led Monday Night Raw before. So when people tell me, well, J.D., how do you know Vince from a Vince segment and a Triple H from a Triple H segment? Watch the fucking show. I don't know what else to tell you. How are you going to sit there and tell me that I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about when I watch this shit 52 weeks out of the year and I do this for a living? Triple H has his way. Vince has his way. This was a Vince thing. Not needed. This made the whole thing just fucking look like a mess. Ridiculous. Afterwards, Gable suplexed Gunther 
in the ring after his match with Otis. He rolled to the floor. Gable's next in line for the IC title. Imperium retreated. Match is happening next week. It's going to be interesting to see how WWE plays this out. I think it should be happening at the pay-per-view, but we're getting this match next week. Hopefully it ends in some screw job and we still get it at the pay-per-view. Moving on. Damian Priest is back there with Finn Balor. Rest of Judgment Day. Priest told Balor to explain himself. Balor told Priest to relax. Relax. Ripley told them to shut up and said everyone wants to see them crumble. She said everyone is scared of them. She talked about how much they've all accomplished, but they said they're beginning to lose their killer instincts. J.D. McDonough walked in. He's not a part of Judgment Day, but he continues to poke his nose in Judgment Day business. Priest said this Judgment Day right now, this is Judgment Day, this is Judgment Day business, you need to step away, J.D. McDonough. So Priest is yelling at J.D. McDonough in walks Balor and said, listen, don't yell at him like that. J.D., I talk to you later, okay? Tells J.D. McDonough to go away. Balor said, tonight they have an opportunity to show the world just how strong they really are. He said, Cody won't know what hit him. Because Cody and Balor were in the main event. Ripley said, he will know what hit him. Judgment Day will hit him. Priest liked the sound of that. And they were hyping themselves up for the match later on tonight. We got a three-minute video package, a recap of what happened with Jimmy J and the Bloodline on Friday. Rumor has it that the Bloodline will not be on Friday Night SmackDown, and they will be taking the week off. They moved Jay Uso's profile on WWE.com to the alumni section. Everybody says that he's going to AEW. He will not be going to AEW. WWE is really playing up the fact that Jey Uso walked out of the company on Friday night by moving his profile on WWE.com to the alumni page. I like it. I like it. I don't know what they're going to do on Friday night SmackDown, but apparently Edge is going to be the star of the show on Friday night. Rumor has it that Edge is going to retire on Friday in Toronto. I do not think Edge is retiring on Friday. He's given no indication that he's retiring, and I think that would be fucking lame. I think Edge deserves a proper retirement and not on Friday Night SmackDown in a match with Sheamus. That's just me. Basically, born out of a weak build on Friday, and then he's going to retire a week later? I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. So, we got this video package. They're really hyping it up. Bloodline, what they're doing to payback, nobody knows. They may not even be at payback. Jackie Redmond, she interviewed Drew McIntyre backstage earlier in the day. She said she has to ask the question that's on everyone's mind. What's next for Drew McIntyre? Matt Riddle walked in and said they should bounce back as a new tag team. McIntyre didn't get in one fucking word. He had Riddle stopped Drew from saying anything and asked him to hear him out. He suggested some names. Drew told him, Matt, be quiet. Please be quiet. 
He said, if Riddle cannot find the tag team partner tonight against the Viking Raiders, I will consider being your tag team partner. So then he walks away, and Matt Riddle then gives us the Jim Carrey line from Dumb and Dumber. So you're telling me that there's a chance. Yes. Yes, we have a chance of Drew McIntyre teaming with Matt Riddle. Great. We got a vignette for Indy Hartwell. Indy Hartwell, who, by the way, has made basically a handful of appearances on Monday Night Raw. I think she maybe wrestled one other time before this and then maybe another appearance, which was last week. We got three appearances by Indy Hartwell since the draft in April. It's amazing. Indy Hartwell, another one of those names that conveniently has come back to television now that Vince McMahon is recovering from spinal surgery. Great. Spinal surgery, a.k.a. the feds knocking down Vince McMahon's door in Stamford, Connecticut, or Greenwich, Connecticut, wherever the fuck he lives, for the search warrant. Great. Can't wait. Get him out. Lock him up, throw away the key, and do what you got to do to him in prison. Seriously, him and his fucking pedo mustache. Ridiculous. Andy Hartwell, she's backstage, and she's getting ready for a match against Rhea Ripley. I don't know where that came from, but it's quite the fucking match for her first time back on television. Maybe you could do something else with her, like build her up as a solid opponent for someone. Maybe. Instead of burying her against Rhea Ripley. Matt Riddle. He did team with Drew McIntyre against the Viking Raiders. I like this tag team. I do. But I don't think this tag team is going to last. I don't. Something felt off about this. Something felt very off about this. McIntyre was on the ring apron Really, really kind of feeding into the baby face thing. He was pacing around on the apron. He was overly excited about the hot tag. He was jumping up and down on the ring apron. I'm like, the fuck is this guy doing, man? This guy's supposed to be a Scottish warrior, a psychopath. Supposed to be a fucking killer. He's out there. (laughs) Fucking cheering on Matt Riddle like he's a geek. Like he's about to get laid on a first date. I'm watching here. So Matt Riddle and Drew McIntyre against the Viking Raiders. The match itself didn't even make sense. What a random fucking match. Two tag teams here, man. I guess WWE is putting tag teams together and getting some wins under some team's belts. I like it. Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle get the win over the Viking Raiders. Raiders beat up Riddle through most of this match. Until he suplexed Eric and made the hot tag to Drew McIntyre. He hit both opponents with suplexes and neck breakers before giving Ivar a Michinoku driver. Riddle tagged in, but had to fight off a double team before McIntyre tagged back in. Riddle wiped out Ivar with a dive, and McIntyre hit Eric with a Claymore kick for the one, two, three. I swear to God, man, I thought Drew McIntyre was turning heel here. I did. I thought he was turning heel. The way he raised Matt Riddle's arm and 
he kind of over embellished it. I thought this guy, I thought McIntyre was going to lay this guy out with a fucking future shock DDT or a Claymore kick or something. I thought tonight was the heel turn for Drew McIntyre. I think that's what's needed for him. I really do. This babyface shit is not working for him. He did say that he doesn't want to turn heel unless it makes sense. I mean, I don't know what we need to do for it to make sense, but your career is derailed as a solo competitor on Monday Night Raw as a babyface. Seriously. You lost to Gunther. There's no more shot at the IC title. You lost clean. A heel turn to turn on Matt Riddle. Maybe a heel McIntyre versus Cody. Heel McIntyre versus Seth Rollins. I think that's the way to go. I think that's what he needs. But he over-embellished the hot tag. He over-embellished the babyface stuff. He over-embellished the celebration at the end. I, I thought that we were getting a heel Drew McIntyre by the end of this thing. And we didn't get it. We didn't get it. Are we going to get it? I say yes. I say yes. I don't see this tag team lasting. Matt Riddle and Drew McIntyre, I mean, come on, man. This is beneath Drew McIntyre. It really is. So we got McIntyre Riddle next week against the New Day. They had a face-off later on in the show in the back about who is going to be the number one contenders for the tag team titles, which right now aren't really doing anything because KO is hurt. And Sami Zayn is hurt. And they haven't defended the titles in many weeks. But WWE is putting teams together who want to wrestle to get wins. To prove that they are the ones who should be getting the title matches. It's unbelievable. It's like a foreign language to this fucking company. Putting tag teams in a match for them to get wins. For them to challenge the champions. Wow. Maybe they're taking a page out of AEW's book. Or maybe they're just watching my show because I fucking mention it every goddamn week. One or the other. Raquel! <laughs> Rodriguez! Gonzalez! Smiley Raquel. You know, the one who's wearing a knee brace because of an attack from Rhea Ripley but still manages to smile. You know, the same Raquel that had her tag team partner put on the shelf by Rhea Ripley, but still manages to smile. Yeah, I get a title shot. Fuck out of here. This woman should be out for blood. But yeah, she's smiling. <laughs> Candace, Indy, they won't clear me. Ridiculous. Rodriguez is backstage with Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae. Could be war games. Could be ladies war games here. I don't know. I don't know. Rodriguez was itching to get after Ripley and get revenge on Ripley, but she still couldn't get cleared. Well, honey, we got uh, two weeks for you to get cleared because payback is happening in about two and a half weeks. Lorraine told her not to worry on that. She just needs to be patient. Rodriguez wished Hartwell luck because she was in a one-on-one match with Rhea Ripley. Matt Riddle. He was backstage with Drew McIntyre, excited that he and McIntyre beat the Viking Raiders. Everybody beats the Viking Raiders. So Riddle was excited, telling Drew about their success and their future together. New Day interrupted. 
Xavier Woods said it's Kofi Kingston's birthday. Kofi said just because they won a match together, they're not ready for a tag team title match. Xavier said they left for a few months and everyone has gone crazy. He said the Street Profits think they're Cedric and Shelton. Basically, that's exactly what they are, but better. Now they're with Bobby Lashley. The New Day then challenged Drew and Riddle to a tag team match next week to see who should earn a shot at the tag team titles. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Riddle accepted on behalf of both he and Drew McIntyre. Maybe we get the heel turn then? I don't know. I think the New Day will end up winning that match. I cannot see Riddle and McIntyre winning that match and going on to wrestle the tag team champions. I just can't. Rhea Ripley. She's with Dominic Mysterio against Indy Hartwell. This was basically a squash. This was a squash. Don't know why they chose Indy Hartwell for this when Indy Hartwell should be built up as someone you want to take serious on Monday Night Raw. You know, they called this woman up as NXT Women's Champion only for her to relinquish the title and then keep her off of television for many weeks, only to bring her back to television for something like this to get squashed in three minutes. That does not make sense to me. Three minutes. Indy Hartwell should be used. Now, depending on how you feel about Indy, I I still think Indy's green. I do. She's not great. But... Maybe we need to get Indy Hartwell some fucking wins and some reps under her belt and make her into some sort of competition on Monday night. You can't keep feeding these women to Rhea Ripley. She's already got no fucking opponents to begin with. So why are you taking women who could definitely be nice baby faces to go up against Rhea Ripley during her title reign, throwing them at Rhea right now to have Rhea feast in about two to three minutes? I don't get that. So the bell rang. Rhea Ripley, she goes outside and takes Candice LeRae into the ring post during this match. She was beating up Indy. She goes out to beat up on Candice. Um, Hartwell surprised Rhea Ripley in the ring with a small package, two count. Ripley kicked out, landed a riptide, and that was basically it. Michael Cole said Rhea Ripley is as dominant as they come. Again, what was the purpose of this match? Like, we don't know Rhea Ripley is dominant? Man, oh man, does Indy Hartwell deserve better than that. She got a vignette, she got a video package highlighting who she is, where she came from, what her goal is. And then they feed her to Rhea Ripley in in three minutes. Shinsuke Nakamura. He was set to tell everybody why he brutally attacked Seth Rollins last week on Monday Night Raw. Brutally attacked. He did not brutally attack Seth Rollins. He gave him a Kinshasa. One. He did not take a steel chair and beat him over the head with it repeatedly. He didn't sit there and maim him at ringside. He gave him one Kinshasa, and WWE highlights this as Nakamura will speak after the savage attack on Seth Rollins, pal. He gave him one kick to the face. 
Michael Cole. He's in the ring with Nakamura, about to get answers about last week's savage attack. Cole said he and Seth have known each other for a long time and seem to have respect for each other. He asked, what happened? Nakamura started to speak in Japanese. The crowd obviously seeing Nakamura speak in Japanese. What? 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 I don't know why they think that's a good idea. I don't get it. Like, I watch this shit and I'm scratching my head. He says he wants the world title. So the reason why he attacks Seth Rollins is because he wants the world title. Okay. So does everybody else. That's the, that, that's the explanation that he gave. Why did you attack Seth Rollins? I want the world title. Pardon me. Doesn't everybody else? I want the world fucking title. Does that make me good enough for Seth Rollins? Cole asked him if he had to kick him in the head. Nakamura went back to speaking Japanese. What? 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 And he said in English that he will win the world title. Wow, man, what a riveting segment. Wow, man, what a what a segment, man. I, this match, man, the greatest build to a pay-per-view world title match in the history. This is what we got. I mean, it's almost as if WWE took the fucking pen in the paper and ripped it up right there in the fucking creative room. Hey, yeah, what, what do we got? What do we got for Nakamura and Rollins for the pay-per-view? Paul Levesque is sitting at the fucking creative desk. What do we got? What do we got? I got nothing. I got nothing. Hey, what about you, Jim? What do you got? I got, I got nothing. I got nothing. What do you mean you got nothing? Bill, what do you got? Nobody's got anything. Nobody's got anything. Mark, what do you got? Oh, what about... What about Nakamura wanting the world title? (laughs) It's amazing. It's amazing, man. The level of creativity in WWE is fucking through the roof. It's off the charts, man. It's unbelievable. You got people lining up wanting to work for this company, man. Writing creatively for WWE. What? Shit fucking sucks. Absolutely fucking sheer laziness. Laziness. I could I could fucking you could put me in a cryogenic state and I could fucking come up with a better reason than oh I want the world title. Everybody wants the world title. What the fuck are you doing here if you don't want the world title? Jesus fucking Christ. Nakamura 
I get that everybody is excited about Nakamura getting a main event program. Honestly, I get where you're coming from. But do you really want to know the truth about Shinsuke Nakamura? And I don't want to be harsh because I like Nakamura. I do. But there was one moment. There was one moment in Nakamura's WWE main roster run where he should have been the biggest superstar on the roster. They called him up from NXT. This guy had all the fanfare that you could possibly ask for. He had a generational match with Sami Zayn in NXT at TakeOver Dallas. I I had to watch that match about fucking half a dozen times in the same fucking week. Seriously, that's how great it was. Unbelievable match. It, it, It will go down as one of the most iconic matches in the history of that brand. It may be the most iconic match in the history of the brand. Called him up. He had all his fanfare. They call him up to the main roster. And they feud him with Jinder Mahal. They feud him with Jinder Mahal. They have Jinder Mahal. I'll never forget what I watched with my own two eyes. They had Jinder Mahal beat this guy at SummerSlam in 2017. From that moment, Nakamura's stock crashed. That's it. It never recovered. You want me to look at that moment and deem this guy, oh, yeah, he should beat Seth Rollins for the world championship. You, 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 you have to go back to 2017. How many fucking years? Six years of absolutely nothing. What has he done? What has he done on WWE television? What has WWE given Nakamura on WWE television that you think he should beat Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship? He got embarrassed by Jinder Mahal. His stock crashed. WWE gave him the Royal Rumble and a match with AJ Styles that shit the bed at WrestleMania 34. I'm sorry. What was that match built off of? The fact that Nakamura was low-blowing AJ Styles. They made the art of the low blow the reason for the feud. Yet you guys want Nakamura now to beat Seth Rollins. This Nakamura to beat Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. Nakamura is a bridge for Rollins to walk over to get into Fastlane. And then from Fastlane into Survivor Series. I mean, Nakamura's claim to fame on the main roster is when he had Rick Boogs air guitar him to the ring. That was it. This explanation is a joke. It's a joke. Nakamura and people who are on social media saying, oh, I like Nakamura speaking Japanese in front of the American audience. It enhances his heel persona. No, it don't. How is it going to enhance his heel persona when I don't understand what the fuck he's talking about? 
watch the show to hear someone speak Japanese on American television. You want the world title? I want you to explain it to me in English. If you're not going to present him as a suitable challenger for the world championship the way that he needs to on American television, then maybe you should do other things to enhance his character so that we don't need to see a shit segment like this on live television. WWE did not take Nakamura's strengths and enhance them. They took his weaknesses and made them just stick out the most on WWE television. Why do you why did you attack Seth Rollins? I want the world championship. No shit. Everybody does. This should have been a backstage pre-tape. This should have been a vignette that I know WWE can put together because I've seen it before. Something where it's dark and gritty and Nakamura speaking to the camera about why he wants the world championship. Why does he want the world title? Was that answered? He wants the world title. Why? Why did he attack Seth Rollins? Why? How many times? How many times do I have to tell you weekly that why is the most important question in anything that you do? Why? Why? Why did you wake up this morning? I got to go to work. I need to make money to keep a roof over my head. Why did you go to the grocery store? I got no food in the fucking refrigerator. Why did I go to PetSmart to buy my cat cat litter? Because I don't have any to fill her litter box at home. Why did I have a coffee tonight during Raw? Because I couldn't stay awake during Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus. Everything that you do has why tagged along to it. Why am I here right now in front of this camera, live in front of 2,400 people? Because I'm better than every other fucking creator in this space at what I do. That's why. Why do I have more people than anybody else live right now? Because I'm fucking great at what I do. That's why. No matter what you do, no matter what you ask. Why? Why, 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 why? Shit is awful. Absolutely awful. You want me to be excited about Nakamura and Rollins? I can't wait for it to be fucking over already. If this is the explanation you're going to give me. Seth Rollins walked to the ring, comes out, confronts Nakamura. He thinks Nakamura isn't telling the entire truth. Well, I fucking hope you got something more than I want the world title. He said every week he stands in the center of the ring with his world heavyweight championship. He said he's a fighting champion who had the utmost respect for him until last week. He said if he wanted a shot at his title, all he had to do was ask. He said his concern is how he can get even. He says to get what he wants, he has to give Nakamura what he wants. He agreed to defend his title against Nakamura. Nakamura smiles. Seth told him to name the time and the place, and I will be there to kick your ass. He told Nakamura to shake his hand and then get out of his ring. Nakamura shook his hand. Nakamura whispered something to Seth that threw off Rollins' demeanor. He 
whispered, did Nakamura, something in Rollins' ear, and he was, like, confused. He's like, really? Did this guy just tell this to me in my ear? Whispered in his ear. He whispered sweet nothings in his ear. Nakamura left the ring. Rollins was so fucking confused, he forgot where he was because Nakamura came back in the ring behind Rollins and gave him another Kinshasa. I wish Nakamura would have given me a fucking Kinshasa so I could forget this entire segment. This shit sucks. But the fucking simpletons and the soy-drinking geeks online will enjoy this segment and praise it for what it is. Shit. Oh, but Nakamura deserves it. Oh, but Nakamura and Rollins. I can't wait to see it. I think Nakamura should be in a world title program. How the fuck can he be in a world title program if you didn't answer the simplest of fucking questions? What did he whisper to Rollins? What did he, whis- what did he wh- whisper to Rollins? I think Dunkin' Donuts is better than Starbucks. I shop at Kmart and not Target. Do they even have Kmart? I like Vince McMahon's mustache. What did he whisper to him? What did he whisper to him? I wish I was at All In. But I have to be here wrestling you in Pittsburgh. The fuck did he whisper to him? The Braves are going to win the World Series. Fuck did he whisper to him? Give me a break. Do better. Seriously, do better. Is Kmart dead? There's got to be a Kmart somewhere, man. There's got to be a Kmart in Bumblefuck fucking USA, man. Somewhere, I know. I know, one of you, one of you. (laughs) I'm going to take the track at your Kmart. I know there's got to be one of you out there. Yeah, Becky Lynch could go buy her lemons at Kmart. Byron uh, Saxton interviewed the Miz backstage. Miz asked if Saxton is a fan of LA Night now. And he brought up Night beating top dollar of Shiro. Uh, Jesse, we got a we got we got a problem here, bro. We got we got we got a problem. Oh, now, now, now we're okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You motherfucker. This fucking guy. I don't believe this shit, man. Every fucking time. I don't even know why. I yeah, I don't know why you come here either, motherfucker. Try, try it again. Try, he says, try it again. All right. Controlling me, man. Listen, man. Who wants to be my new co-host on Wednesdays? Gotta get rid of this fucking guy, man. Seriously. Um. Yeah, he beat uh, Bottom Dollar, Dollar General, General Dollar on SmackDown. Miz said next week he's going to beat somebody who is bigger and better and more dominant than anyone LA Knight has ever defeated in his career. Oh, great. 
Oh, great. What, what do we got? Miz versus Omos next week? Fuck out of here. Imagine that. Oh, it goes from terrible to absolutely atrocious, man. Holy shit. Somebody please save me. Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus. This went 11 minutes. We waited all these weeks, man. All these weeks. It went 11 minutes, and we got a double fucking countout. Becky Lynch has a new t-shirt, man. Becky Lynch has a new t-shirt. It, it's it's got to be the, the, the most uncreative design I've ever seen in the history of shirts. Seriously. It's got Becky Lynch's name on the arm sleeve, and it's got a huge fucking lemon on the front of the shirt. Seriously, they got, they got a, a, a huge lemon on the shirt, and that's it. Imagine walking around wearing a huge fucking lemon on your shirt, man, and someone sees you walking down the uh, street wearing a huge lemon. Hey, man, I love your lemon. Oh, man, you're a fan of lemonade. I love lemonade, too, man. I like pink lemonade. I like half and halves with iced tea and lemonade 50-50 mix, man. What's your favorite? This is what they pay WWE shop to do? Then you wonder why I buy my fucking shirts on pro wrestling tees. They put a fucking lemon on a t-shirt. I'm not lying. Go look it up. Go to WWE shop on Twitter, man. I swear to fucking Christ. Seriously. I didn't know. I didn't know Gollum liked lemons. Did they even have lemons in Mordor? Huh? Lemons may be... Listen, man. Lemons may be tough to come by. Lemons may grow in the Shire, but in Mordor, in the caves... Come on, man. You ain't getting no fucking lemons over there. My precious and lemons. Jesus fucking Christ, man. I swear to God, yeah. The little lemons. I'm gonna squeeze them and make juice for my precious. <laughs> oh man oh god it's exactly what it is man it's fucking it's so stupid now she's a fan of lemons she's making lemonade Pink lemonade, Arnold Palmer's. She likes lemon pepper chicken. She puts lemon zest on everything, right? This match, man, I tell you, this shit sucks. This shit sucks. You know, I find it funny, man, how how all these geeks online... All these geeks online. Oh, well, I don't know how you have a 
a SummerSlam, and you leave Becky Lynch off the show, man. How you leave Stratus off the show? They left Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch off the show for this fucking reason. I mean, I was basically fucking... I mean, if you saw me on my couch, man, I was drifting away, man. Swear to God, I... Fucking Mr. Sandman was coming to take me away, bro. I swear to God, the only thing that woke me up... The only thing that woke me up was the bell that ended this match. Seriously. Then I wake up... The match over. Double countdown. Fucking ridiculous. This was awful. Geeks, geeks for weeks were crying. Weeks were crying that Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus didn't make the SummerSlam show. Now you see why. SummerSlam was a solid five and a half. Solid five. That's, that may be generous for some of you people. Solid five and a half out of ten. If Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus made it onto SummerSlam, a show that went to 12.15 Eastern Time. That show would have, would have been brought down to a three. Would have been a, a low three out of ten on SummerSlam 2023's review. No, but you wanted this match on there for what? Because this match, this match is going to make SummerSlam better, right? This match is going to take SummerSlam over the edge, man. It's going to be the greatest SummerSlam of all time with Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus on it, right? Next time, when I speak, open your fucking ears, okay? When I speak, I speak nothing but truths. There's no lies here. You want bullshit fed to you? Go watch some Wrestle Geeks. <laughs> Ridiculous. They'll be ones pandering to the female agenda. Oh, we can't leave. We can't leave someone like Trish off the show. That's WWE being sexist. I'm sorry. The feud sucks. On what planet does this belong in a major pay-per-view? So Becky was beating up Trish at ringside. And we go to a quick commercial break. We come back. It didn't get any better, folks. Stratus had butted Lynch with her face mask. Lynch fought her off, hit an exploder. Stratus's face mask fell off at one point. The referee took it from her and let her put it back on. Stratus tried bringing Lynch down with a handstand head scissors. She botched it. She went to do it again, nailed it the second time. Stratus took the mask off and tried using it as a weapon, but Becky Lynch yanked it away. Lynch was distracted as the referee wrestled the mask away from her and Stratus knocked her down. Lynch fought back with some strikes, a leg drop. Stratus came back with a spear for two. Stratus tied, uh, tried for a tornado DDT, but Becky Lynch blocked it and hit a superplex for two. Stratus tried running away into the crowd, so Lynch went after her. The bell rings, ding, 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 and the match was over. The referee called for a double counter. Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus fought off the stairs into the mezzanine section, and they were battling up on the concourse. 
A cameraman was conveniently there fighting. They were with the cameraman there. Fans had uh, all gathered, gathered there, which I'm assuming they were already planted there because WWE knew this was going to happen. Becky set up Trish for a move on a merchandise stand that was there, but Zoe Stark showed up and tripped Becky Lynch up. They double-teamed Becky, and that's the way the segment came to a close with them standing tall. Great. Dude, I got to see this for another week, two weeks, tops, until we get to payback. Nothing in this match did anything for me. It was weak. It was not impactful. The offense is terrible. There's no heat. The crowd was dead. The crowd was absolutely deflated after the fucking double countout because everybody thought this shit was going to be over, and it's not. Yeah, you all wanted it at SummerSlam. Now you see firsthand why Triple H didn't put it on the SummerSlam card. Gunther. He's backstage. He's calling Giovanni Vinci an embarrassment, just like this show has been up until this point. Said Vinci has been disappointing him since they came to Raw. He told Kaiser that he neglected his duties because he was focused on that girl. You know, I don't know if you guys know, but Giovanni Vinci is one of the best pro wrestlers in the entire company. Ludwig Kaiser, they got Ludwig Kaiser going after Maxine Dupree. And it's widely known that Ludwig Kaiser is in a relationship with Tiffany Stratton. Why does he need to be looking at Maxine Dupree? I don't, I don't understand it. Like, why, why, why is that a part of the storyline? I'm not interested in that. But they're making that out to be a thing here. Kaiser said it will never happen again. Gunther said he'll sort this out himself because I need to clean up everybody's mess like usual. I'll sort this out and I'll defend against Gable next week by myself. Cody made his ring entrance. WWE, I swear to God, man, they, they are now, they, they now get two, whoa! They get two woes from Cody. Every ring entrance. They went to commercial break. And back from commercial break, Cody's theme was still playing. So the crowd there probably got at least five woes. They're not beating this shit with a dead horse. They're not beating this with a baseball bat like it's a dead horse. I mean, give me a break. That's all he is. He's a fucking meme. He's a theme. Finn Balor makes his way out to the ring. And we get this main event on Monday Night Raw. Oh, well, it should have been Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus main eventing. No, it shouldn't have been Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch main eventing. The fuck are you on, man? Whatever it is, I'd love a hit, really. Somebody must have slipped something in your drink because you're fucking dumb. So, we go to commercial break. Balor was distracted. Or actually, no, Cody was distracted. Balor hit him with a baseball slide. We go to commercial break. Dominic and Rhea Ripley were at ringside after the break. Dominic obviously came down and distracted Cody Rhodes, and they're trying to help Balor. This is 
why he hit the baseball slide going into the commercial break. They were still at ringside. Rhodes fought back with a power slam, a disaster kick for two. Priest made his way down as Ballot hit Rhodes with a sling blade and a headlock elbow drop for two. Rhodes dodged a coup de grace and hit a Cody cutter. Priest tripped Rhodes as the referee was distracted, but Rhodes fended him off, wiped out both Priest and Ballot with a dive. Ripley then distracted the referee. You see the common theme in Judgment Day matches. Distraction, 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 distraction. Ripley distracted the ref as Dom crotched Rhodes on the top. Balor followed with a superplex. Goes for a cover, gets a two count. Dominic then slid a chair into the ring, but the referee took it away. Ripley distracted the ref again. Priest slid the briefcase into the ring but it went right under Balor's hands and into the hands of Cody Rhodes. Rhodes hit Balor with the briefcase with the referee's back turned, of course. Knocked down Priest, hit Balor with the crossroads for the one, two, three. Crowd was pretty dead for this match. Uh, Winnipeg sucks as a crowd. They did nothing to enhance the show at all. Dominic and Balor attack Rhodes after the match. Sami Zayn, Captain Saver Rhodes, comes out. He makes the save with the steel chair. Zayn also fought off Priest, but he was nailed from behind by McDonough. J.D. McDonough shows face here. Judgment Day worked together to beat up Zayn and Rhodes as McDonough looked on. Balor hit Rhodes with a coup de grace in the ring. And on the outside, Priest razors edged Zayn through the commentary table. Balor gave Rhodes a second coup de grace. And Judgment Day stood tall at the end of the show. Monday Night Raw mercifully came to a close. I made it sound a lot worse than it really was, man. You know, it wasn't a terrible show, but the lack of attention to some of this shit on WWE's behalf, I got to call it out, man. And the way that I cope with the 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 illogical nonsense is through being silly and adding a dose of comedy in there and and telling you guys through, you know, being funny. But I mean this when I say it, some of this shit is just, it's, it's offensive creative. It really is. Nakamura and his description of why he attacks Seth Rollins is fucking garbage. I want the world title. So do I. Does that make me good enough to challenge Seth Rollins for the world's heavyweight championship at the pay-per-view? This Judgment Day shit every fucking week is the same thing. Distraction, 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 distraction. Judgment Day in the main event every fucking week is the same shit. There's nothing new. There's nothing new. Indy Hartwell getting buried. WWE not really featuring any other women on the show in a meaningful way. The Gunther, Otis, Gable, and Vinci segment reeked of Vince McMahon. Last week's show was leaps and bounds better than this week's show. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. WWE setting up for a big show next week. They got Gable versus Gunther with the IC title on the line. Cody Rhodes and his path to payback is clear. If it's not against Balor in a one-on-one match, we're definitely getting Dominic. Priest and Balor against Rhodes, Zane, and Owens. Or maybe we get Balor versus Rhodes, and then we get Dom and Priest versus KO and Sammy. I don't know. 
But Cody Rhodes is obviously now in the battle with the Judgment Day. And clearly, not only is that for payback, but it's definitely building towards post-payback. Meaning going into Fastlane. And then going into Survivor Series. They're setting up for war games. That's exactly what they're doing. They're setting up for war games. And you see it firsthand. Cody, Seth, KO, and Sammy versus Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, J.D. McDonough, and Finn Balor. That's your judgment. That is your men's war games match with Judgment Day. Monday Night Raw was a very missable show, man. It was a very missable show. Guys, I appreciate you hanging out with me tonight. Thank you so much for the support. Thank you for the Super Chat love. Tonight's show sponsored by DraftKings. Make sure you guys go and hit up DraftKings this weekend, man. It's going to be a big weekend with UFC. Get in on all the action with DraftKings and use my promo code JD from NY. After this advertisement, we'll get into the Super Chats right here on OTS. Hey, UFC fans, there's a big one going down in Beantown this weekend. Sterling steps into the octagon to defend his title for a third time. And Sugar, Sean O'Malley, can he put an end to Aljo's run? That's right, guys. Tonight's show is sponsored by DraftKings. And I partnered with DraftKings tonight to give you guys a very special offer. All new customers who use my promo code JD from NY. If you put $5 down this weekend on any of the fights, you're going to receive $150 back in bonus bets instantly. That's right, guys. You heard me correct. New customers will instantly receive $150 in bonus bets when they bet just $5 on any of this weekend's fights. Stay in on all the action and use your $150 in bonus bets on DraftKings Same Fight Parlays for a shot at an even bigger payout. Combine multiple bets together from the same fight, including number of rounds and method of victory. DraftKings is the only place where you can bet Same Fight Parlays. If sports betting is not yet available in your state, don't worry. You guys can still join in on all the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy. DraftKings is offering huge UFC contests this weekend with massive cash prizes up for grabs. So do yourself a favor, guys. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And all new customers who use my promo code JD from NY, you bet $5 on any of the fights this weekend, and you're going to receive $150 back. In bonus bets instantly. Once again, that's code JD from NY only at DraftKings. Thank you guys so much for checking out DraftKings, man. The official sponsor of OTS. Make sure you guys follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. And hit that thumbs up, man. We got 2,400 people in here. We should easily, easily get to 1,000 likes on tonight's Monday Night Raw post show. Look at this, guys. I just opened my Pokemon Go app. And Ronda Rousey's outside. Look at that. 
Look at that, man. Ronda Rousey's outside, man. Can we catch Ronda live on stream, man? Let's see. Let's see, man. Let's see. Can we get Ronda? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Did we got her? Did we got her? Yeah, we got her, man. Look at that. Now we're going to do what we usually do to Ronda. There you go. Transfer. Delete. Goodbye. Get out. Gotta love it. Hey, Ronda was in my backyard, bro. She wanted to... She wanted to uh, come out and play. Goodbye. J.A. with a new membership. J.A., what the fuck are you drinking, man? Michelle with the $2 Super Chat. This Canadian crowd was worse than any U.S. crowd. I... They were not good tonight. They were not good tonight. Vinny with a 199. Becky got beat up by a t-shirt. Yeah, maybe she can make some lemons out of that t-shirt. Crowd was bad tonight. Thank you, Vinny. Billy Sizane with a $2 super chat. Lame crowd tonight. Mid-show. You the man, JD. We got a lot of people thinking this crowd was lame tonight. I, uh, I don't blame you. I agree. Michelle with the $2 super chat. The pay-per-view looks to be Cody, Sammy K over his Judgment Day. Yes. Blurred the Nerd with $7 in super chat. No message. It says message retracted. Blurred. What happened, bro? Did they give you lemonade and you didn't like lemonade? You asked for iced tea. What happened, man? What's going on, brother? DJ Iffy with a $5 super chat. Damien Priest is looking mighty sus. Not wearing Judgment Day colors for third straight week. You know, I didn't even pick up on that. Has anybody else noticed that? Beyond the script with a $4.99. I wish I could be levitating during a Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus match. Awful. Love you, bro. Thank you, brother. Krauser, how the fuck do you have a shiny Gyarados in your backyard, bro? Are you lying to me? Nathan Rush with a five-dollar super chat. JD, do you think McDonough will betray Balor to get into Judgment Day officially, or will Balor and McDonough make another faction? OTS for life. Uh, Nathan, I don't, uh, I don't know, man. I think uh, whatever you're seeing right now is going to at least be up until War Games. Jason, thank you so much again, brother. Jason Barker with a one hundred dollar super chat. DJ Iffy with a $5 Super Chat. Sick of Sami Zayn playing Captain Save-A-Ho each week. Is that dude just sitting back there stalking Cody and Seth's feed on a Red Bull binger? I wish I could tell you, DJ Iffy. I have no fucking clue, brother. No clue. I'm tired of it, too, to be honest with you. MGM Bowling! Well, the 499, not only was the crowd dead, 
But the only thing they were allowed for was Rollins' song, Nausea. Well, if the crowd ain't singing, it's a typical WWE uh, motto now, man. They got to sing and they got to chant. A thun! With a $5 super chat. Good to see a thun back in here, man, after uh, I accidentally blocked him in the chat last time. Uh, he says, Skull, JD, I'll be honest. I don't watch the weekly WWE shows. I come here. Seems like Vince came back. I'm missing almost nothing by skipping them. A thun, I got you covered, bro. I'll serve you the fucking lemonade, man. You ain't getting no lemons here. Fantasy Kid, 1977 with 19 months, says, On my way to the golden microphone, I still haven't heard the price of my dark horse yet. Yeah, I don't, uh, I haven't heard anything, brother. I'm, I'm not expecting anything until uh, next year. Though I will be saving my money. Some of which I'll be blowing on Pokemon cards, but... Uh, MGM Ballin' with a 199. JD is reviewing JD joining JD. Comment of the night. Pizza Turd with 13 months. Still no Johnny Gargano or Dexter Loomis. Sick of the same cast of characters in all the promos and matches every week. How is this the best that they can do? Uh, this is not the best that they can do. And they are clearly uh, not giving you a Monday Night Raw worthy of the roster that they have. They don't care. Willie Teague with a three in Super Chat. I would like to see WWE move Booker T to SmackDown. I don't want Booker T anywhere near commentary. I think Booker T is awful. Isaac Smith with a $5 Super Chat. I got an unrelated question to Raw. What authorizes other superstars to throw in the towel to end the match? I can't make heads or tails of it. Other superstars to throw in the towel? I don't I don't know what you mean by that, Isaac. What the hell does that even mean? Captain Solo with a five dollar super chat. Are you still playing AW Fight Forever? Were you happy with the game or did you find it boring? OTS for life. Captain Solo, uh, I've had a very, very busy month of July and into August, so I really haven't gamed at all lately. Um, I'm waiting for the next season of Destiny 2 to come back, but honestly, you know, the game just felt boring to me. It really did. I'll uh, I'll pick it up again and get acclimated with it again, but th there, was, there was nothing to really even stream for. You guys know what I did with the universe mode with WWE, man. We had a great time with that. I mean, I, I don't even know if I could do something like that on Fight Forever. It's just, it's just boring. They don't have any options to create your own show or make a universe mode. Nothing. Nothing. 
Krauser with a $2 super chat. Maybe they're waiting for Lita to get cleared. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Dr. Evil Genius with a 9.99. One of the funniest OTS lives I've ever watched. Thank you, bro. You know me, man. I just don't give a shit. Jody Bolin with a new membership. Jody, the fuck are you drinking, Jody? Will Chisholm with a $5 super chat. It feels like they are setting up war games for the Judgment Day and Cody, Sammy, K, or maybe Seth. Said that about four times tonight, Will. Where were you? Joseph the Gamer with a $5 super chat. You're going to get pro WWE fans saying this role was good and call you a WWE hater for not liking the writing. Well, the writing sucks. Mellow with a $2 super chat. Drinking Jack and Coke. Can't go wrong with a Jack and Coke. I had one last night. Krauser with a $2 super chat. Random shiny Gyarados in my backyard. I don't know, brother. I don't know how you're getting that type of luck, man. I'll be at Pokemon Go Fest on Sunday. So if you guys see me around Randall Island, come and say what's up. Uh, Coaster Cloudy with a new membership. Thank you, Coaster. What type of beverage you put on that Coaster, Cloudy? Will Chisholm with a $10 super chat. I got a feeling that the women's war games match will have to do with damage control. Maybe Asuka and Kyrie Sane. I think so too. I think that's the way we're going. And Krauser with a $2 super chat. Next month, 151 comes out. Really nice set of cards. I already have four booster boxes or uh, four booster bundles ordered. That's 6, 12, 18, 24 packs, and I think I'm going to order, uh, within the next week, I'm going to order the uh, uh, Elite box with the 16 packs in it. I want to make sure I'm I'm set up for some decent pulls, man. I got a whole binder ready to go. Anyway, that's it, guys. That's all I got. That's all I got for you. If you enjoyed the show, which I hope you did, Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, man. Show some appreciation. Thumbs up. Goes a long way, honestly. Helps the channel out. Puts me in the recommended section. You guys know the deal. Make sure you guys follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Make sure you guys go follow on the socials. Everything you need on the socials, man. Go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it for you guys. More content coming tomorrow as well. Hit that thumbs up. We got 832 likes, man. I've asked for 1,000 four different times now. What is the problem? Will Chisholm with a five. It also feels like they are too busy making Fight Forever feel like No Mercy that they didn't put no good mods in the game. People are already modding it, so I don't think that's the problem. And Krauser with a two, can you do the entrance music distraction? 
the entrance music distraction. Isaac Smith with the $20 super chat. I asked the throw in the towel question like, what happened with Thea and Chase at the bash? I also wanted to share with everyone that I went to my first show. SummerSlam was cool. I actually got Roman to get mad at me. Oh. I don't know. Uh, Isaac, I don't know, man. Throwing in the towel. I guess uh, Andre Chase didn't want Thea to get killed by Tiffany Stratton. I have no fucking clue. I have no clue. Anyway, guys, I'm getting out of here, man. I got some content to make after this show is over. Appreciate you guys very much. I'll see you back live tomorrow night. TNT Episode 9, Tuesday Night Titans with Andrew Baydala right here on OTS. I'll see you guys later.